Okay. Oh, <laughs> yes. we're going to continue. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, control room, go ahead and run the intro. Go ahead and run the intro. <laughs> there you go. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's there we are. There we are. A, Mike and I were talking before the show started about I do taxes. I, I volunteer to do taxes. He asked me what's the most someone's had to pay, and it was around fifteen hundred dollars, almost fifteen hundred. But they were okay with it because oh, they expected it. You know, they, they really mm-hmm. did. And I also had a couple that got 7500 back. And uh, Wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm going, 7500 I said, you know, there's that two schools of thought. One, when you get that much back, you're letting the government play with your money for the year. And then you get it back. And, mm-hmm. you know, why do that? Just, you know. And they said, oh, we know. We we expect every year. We, we plan on But they had money taken out of Social Security and stuff like that, and they had taxes taken out of just about everything, so therefore accumulated. Yeah. You know, but hmm. but your, your programs, if you owe over $1,000, the IRS looks at it and sends you a letter in the States, if you owe over $1,000, you might want to do a quarterly payment, and they start setting you up on a quarterly payment, so you're paying like $250 every quarter and so that you won't owe that thousand at the end of the year. And, uh, yeah. you know, they, they do that. So, uh, we have a guest okay. tonight, uh, Giles Martin, and he has really quite a, quite a story to tell us, uh, where he is now. He is a champagne maker in Long Island, but he had took quite a road to get there. So what we're going to do is he's in the green room. We're going to pull him away from all the snacks and everything in the green room and get him onto the show and have him talk to us. So welcome to All About Wine, Giles. Yes, hi. Uh, good uh, good evening. Yeah. Uh, thank you for taking the time out to join us. So uh, you – I was just mentioning before we brought you on the show – how I mean you you have quite a story, quite a history in the wine industry. Um I think we're gonna start out by having you tell us where you were born and what your path has led you to where you are now. Yes, yes, it's a long story. I hope we have enough time. We um, have I'll... plenty of time. 
was born in France uh, a few years back, of course, and um, I, I got interested with uh, uh, winemaking um, as a little boy, where um, I grew up on a farm where my um, uh, grandfather actually had uh, orchards and was actually not making wine, but cider, cider, and um, um, that's how I got in contact with uh, uh, you know, uh, anything that ferments, if I can uh, use the expression, um, mm-hmm. the transformation of, of uh, fruit to, um, to a beverage. And, uh-huh. and I grew up, I was uh, kind of uh, attracted to the uh, scientific world, and um, uh, I love biology and studied biology uh, uh, in high school and, and went on to... Uh, do a degree in food industry and food chemistry and biotechnologies. And uh, from that stage, actually, uh, I had an uncle in south of France who was actually also a winemaker for a research uh, station. And he's the one who actually uh, attracted me to uh, this world. And I said, well, why not? There's a lot of uh, uh, science into winemaking and uh, quite a bit of art. And I never wanted to actually sit behind a desk and... Uh, that's the reason why I went that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you graduated from uh, from college and started work for your uncle. So he taught you everything about wine, or was he? Uh, no, well, he after you became he was, a champagne. Um, he's, no, he was in south of France, and um, he actually was working for a research station. And oh. uh, I, so I started to make wine with him. Uh, in my uh, early uh, or, or uh, yeah early twenties, and um, from there I uh, decided to uh, uh, see the world uh, of wines, and I traveled. First, I did my studies in, in Montpellier, in south of France, and then I decided to travel, and I went to Germany first, and Australia, and came back to France, and and I was in back to France a couple of years later. I, one of my professors called me and said, Gilles, somebody's looking for a winemaker in, in America. And, and well, I know you, you've been traveling and, and have that, uh, cut that virus of traveling. And I said, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and I ended up being, uh, 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 going working in Virginia. So that's where I started. Oh. Uh, in Virginia, um, I worked for a vineyard called Oasis Vineyard, no longer in existence. Um, and I uh, realized that the, the big world of wine was actually in California. So from from Virginia, I, I went to California in the early 90s and worked for a, a known house of champagne called Roderer. And mm-hmm. I was there six years uh, with them and back and forward with France as well to... Uh, uh, to uh, uh, get more education and more experience of that uh, champagne uh, world, uh, that champagne making uh, called the Méthode Champenoise. And mm-hmm. from there, I actually uh, went back to France uh, through the same group for a house of uh, red wine in the Côte d'Or area. And mm-hmm. uh, I stayed there for a couple of years. And at the same time, about the same time, I met my wife. And, um, and after... Our uh, first child, we had to decide, to decide where we wanted to, uh, uh, you know, raise uh, our kids when the second came 
uh, came and, and we decided to go back to uh, the States because my wife is a professor at Rutgers University in New Jersey. Oh, oh. Okay. So Long Island was the perfect, uh, uh, perfect setting for us to uh, settle and raise our uh, two children. So you have been a fan of champagne for well, pretty much your whole life, or is it something that you just discovered a, a an area that you loved so, about champagne? Through, through my, my line of work that I discover uh, the, the champagne world with the, the big houses of champagne, like Champagne uh, Roder and Champagne Dutz as well, that I work for as well. And um, <clears throat> um, through those through those, that experience, when I first came to Long Island, I told the people, but, you know, I'd like to, uh, to do that over there. I mean, it's, it's something uh, that uh, really uh, uh, need a good experience, a good uh, savoir-faire that I acquired, and I was ready to uh, give that to the area. And at first, people were hesitating a little bit. Oh, yeah, we can do a little bit of sparkling, but you know, at the same time, same time we we want to we want to keep the uh, uh, the steel wine. And and it's only in 2003 that I've met uh, Tom and Cynthia Rosicki, the owner of Sparkling Point, who yeah. actually uh, wanted to do that try that uh, uh, venture, and 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 that's how. A sparkling Point was born uh, with the idea that we will only produce sparkling wine on Long Island. Oh, so you met them at the very beginning. They weren't were not established when no. when you. Uh, oh, that's that's. I didn't understand that. Oh, huh. well, very good. No, no, no. Actually, I did uh, work with them, and they relied on me. They gave me carte blanche to uh, actually uh, plant the vineyard, choose the varieties for the. For the vineyard and and all the equipment and the uh, the, the, the later on the building the winery, uh, oh. participated to that to do the, all the uh, technical aspect of of that uh, uh, building and um, and that's how Sparking Point was born. 2004 we planted the first vineyard and 2009 we completed the winery. So since 2010, all the different operations of uh, winemakings are done at uh, Sparking Point. I see. Now, you uh, you said <coughs> plan the first vineyard. You have, uh, what, three vineyards now, I understand? Yes, we have. Uh, we grew from uh, a first vineyard of 10 acres to now a, uh, uh, a total of about 40 acres of vineyards. And uh, wow. we have uh, uh, specific varieties, uh, that uh, we use in the Meta Champenoise, Chardonnay, Meunier, and Pinot Noir, as well as a couple others that are not part of the Champagne uh, tradition, which is a Merlot and Mafiat. Oh, okay. Uh, <coughs> I, then that's, that's only five that you do plant, just those five there, and then it's all going into the Champagne. Yes, so if, if you want to make a... Uh, make a champagne or a sparkling wine like respecting the method champenoise we're going to use the three first one the chardonnay the meunier and the pinot noir and if you right. want to do something special like we do a, a, a red uh, sparkling wine we use merlot for that with a wow. little bit of chardonnay and if we want to do something a little different um, we use a little muscat to one of our blend 
which is called Carnaval Blanc. Um, so they, they, this is, you know, the, the, the beauty of uh, not having rules uh, is you can uh, do the best uh, you can or you choose to, to do uh, in order to create new wines that may not exist there elsewhere. Right, that's, that's very true. Are the vineyards close to the winery? Uh, are they oh, all- very close. Yeah, very close. Everything is within three uh, three miles uh, radius from the uh, vineyard. Yes, very close. That close. Wow. Uh, mm. Okay, you are on Long Island. What? Uh, give me an idea of what part of Long Island you are on. This is the uh, North Fork of Long Island. Um, okay. If you take uh, the ferry in Orion Point, it's all mm-hmm. the way to the top of the uh, North Fork. We are about... Uh, uh, I would say two thirds into the fork in a town called Southold. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're quite a ways up there. Then no wonder. I'm sure that uh, uh, the uh, water has a big influence on the vineyards. Then absolutely. That's why we have a, a fantastic terroir on Long Island. Is we are surrounded by three bodies of water, as you know, the Sound, the uh, Peconic Bay, and the ocean uh, uh, a little further uh, south. And those three uh, bodies of water water, uh, play a big role into uh, the climate, uh, keeping uh, our temperature a little warmer during the the winter, about 10 degrees warmer, and almost uh, 10 degrees uh, cooler during the summer. So we have a a more uh, consistent uh, climate uh, around us. Yeah, that's – oh, wow. I didn't realize it controlled that much. Now, I've talked to other – wineries up in Long Island, and they have all mentioned about how bad the bird problem is during the migrations. Do you cover or net your vineyards during uh, migration? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. If you don't do that, you might lose all your fruit. So luckily <laughs> for the <for> – luckily <laughs> and unluckily for us, for the, uh, for the variety we're using, uh, we harvest them a little earlier than most of our uh, colleagues that are making steel wines. Uh-huh. So most of the time, there is no, no much uh, pressure. Uh, but some years, somehow, they come earlier or they come later. And if, you're, if you don't cover your, uh, uh, your vines, you, you won't get any, uh, any uh, berries. And also, we have uh, other predators of the grapes, uh, like the raccoons or... or oh, yeah or a lot of different animals that really uh, see uh, uh, the dessert on the on the table right there in front of their nose. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, look what you grew for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, uh, when I've talked to Long Island wineries, that always fascinates me because I think you guys are about the only ones in the country who actually have to worry about birds that much. Uh it's right there, and it seems to attack everybody right there. Um, the uh, winery itself, uh, you do everything, uh, like you said, everything in the traditional uh, uh, method of Champagne. Uh, mm-hmm. But how many, uh, well, well, describe it. How many tanks, uh, what is the uh, operations in the winery? Uh-huh. So the winery is um, a uh, French manor style building um, uh, with the upper level uh, pretty much uh, set up to uh, receive the public. 
and uh, it's open for uh, tasting uh, almost every days of the year except for the major holidays. Um, and um, the lower level is actually reserved for the uh, winemaking part, where we have about 40 tanks uh, uh, of a volume of uh, 200 to uh, 2,600 gallons. Wow. Um, and uh, we're producing about uh, uh, six to 7,000 cases of uh, sparkling every year. We have wow. uh, about 120 to 150 tons of grapes uh, that we work with every uh, year. Um, and that's quite a, a nice operation um, for the area. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, you... Uh you have a bottling machine. I was reading on you know press release you sent me, and when I had the winery, I mean I'm I'm looking at bottling machine on the still wines that I used to do, but on sparkling wines, a bottling machine with sparkling wines and especially doing it in the traditional method, it seems like it would create more problems. I, I don't know. Explain the, the bottling operation. Uh, 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 okay, uh, just to explain quickly the method champenoise. We uh, make wine a little bit like uh, you will, you'll be making uh, white wines, except that we uh, pick the grapes a little bit uh, earlier in terms of uh, ripening. They're about um, 18 to 19 bricks. That will give us wines that are about uh, 10 and a half to 11 percent alcohol. So less mm -hmm. alcohol, but a little more uh, acidity to the wines. And then when it comes to bottling, we add sugar and yeast to the wine. Uh, so that when we bottle that uh, uh, mixture of uh, wine and, and sugar and yeast, there is a second fermentation that happens into the bottle, and that second fermentation will lead to a, an increase of pressure. That's about 90 PSI, which is about three times what you have in your car tires, so you can imagine that it's quite a bit of pressure in those bottles. Right. And uh, that... Uh, uh, what gives us the nice uh, effervescence into the wine, the, the lovely bubbles that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so the, your bottling is actually done before you start getting too much pressure on it from the fermentation. So yes, yes, it's not. Uh, there are other methods where, like the uh, Chava method or the forced carbonation, where actually mm -hmm. you do work under pressure. We do not work on the pressure. The pressure happens in the bottle. So, so once that second fermentation is completed, um, we have different programs where we leave the wine sitting on the yeast for anywhere between uh, 12 months to uh, eight years. Um, wow. During that time, um, the, 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 the wine gained from the, the, the yeast cells uh, certain aromatic components like the doughiness, the toastiness, some almony characters that will complete the, uh, the panel of aroma of those wines. But at the same time, we have to get rid of that sediment uh, by what we call riddling the wine, meaning that we're going to bring that sediment that lay on the side of the bottles onto the top of the uh, cone cap that we've been closing the uh, bottle with. And then uh, we will remove that sediment by freezing the neck of the bottle. That will create an ice plug onto that sediment. And that sediment will be then popped. Uh, when we open that chrome cap, the sediment will pop out the bottle under the pressure. And then we can actually, at that time, add a little bit of uh, what we call a liquor 
de dosage or liqueur d'expédition, which is actually a mix of uh, sugar and wine that will polish a little bit the style of that cuvee. And then we put the cork that you know, that mushroom-shaped cork, and with uh, that little wire hood on top. And that's how, uh, after we put the labels on the bottles and the top foil, that's how you, you will enjoy the, the bottle of wine. No, okay. So you freeze the neck of it. Ah, oh, okay. I was, I was curious about that. How that is done. I, uh, do you uh, do riddling by hand or machine? We do all the riddling by machine. Uh, by by hand, it by hand it takes about uh, almost a month to riddle uh, a wine. By machine, it's it's about a, a week, and you you have five hundred. Uh, bottles that are getting riddled at the time into those machines. That those are what we call gyro pallets, big cages mm-hmm. that rotate from the horizontal position up to the vertical position, where the uh, the sediment will be uh, going down into the neck of the bottle. Right. Yeah. I, uh, the riddling has always fascinated me. I learned about that many many years ago and it's it, i've seen videos of it and all that and that's always fascinated me about uh riddling of the champagne bottles to get the sediment down to the neck but i've always curious about you know is there another method besides freezing it that uh, that can be used to remove the sediment some people uh, do what we call disgorging at the flight meaning that as you raise the neck of the bottle the air bubble that's uh, traveling on top of the, the glass will, as, as soon as it touches the sediment, you have to open the, the crown cap, and then the, the pressure will, uh, you know, eject that sediment out of, out of the bottles. But if you miss that, that timing, the sediment <laughs> will go into the wine, dirty the wine again. So it's quite a, a difficult quite task. Um, we have machines now, small machines that are, working that way but most of the uh, disgorging those days are done with the uh, freezing uh, method uh, that's guaranteed the the cleanliness of the wine okay i yeah i i've i'm have heard and i have seen the old method but i never realized that they're all doing freezing now so that would be a lot easier uh but are you still able to do your uh, chemical tests and all that. You, your original passion. Are you still involved with yes. that? Most of the analyses are actually done on site. Um, you know, we check the the berries for uh, sugar, acid, and pH, and same thing with the wine, where we add also the alcohol and, of course, the sulfites. We can check also different type of acid, like the malic acid. Um, all those tests are, are done on site. If we had a very specific uh, analysis that we don't have the equipment for, we will uh, have that done uh, outside. You, you have very well-known uh, laboratories in California that can perform uh, very, very deep uh, analysis on wine. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, I'm just curious. You, you mentioned all the stuff you're testing for. Have you had any problems with uh, fires, uh, smoke taint, or anything on the vineyards there? No. Luckily for us, uh, despite that uh, <clears throat> period of heavy smoke we got from Canada uh, right. this past year in 23, uh, we didn't have any um, any uh, um, 
No issues with that. Any issues with that, actually. It didn't come at the time where it penetrated the the berries like we've seen in certain areas of the country, like in in California or in uh, Washington State. Mm -hmm. Um, No, we we got lucky for that. It wasn't there long enough or maybe concentrated enough for to to arm our grapes so we we were lucky but boy what that was quite a, a scene i have to say uh wow. those fires it was something i mean i we're down here in florida and there was uh about a week period where we smelled the smoke from it down here so it pretty much spread across the country it seemed like um this nasty stuff uh mm-hmm. you're your wines themselves, I, I want to talk a little bit about those too, and uh, the uh, the methods uh, a lot. You know, not the making method, but the uh, sugars, how how sweet they are. Uh, the I noticed uh, there's a couple on here of your list of wines back in twelve uh, a vintage. Do you still have those sitting around? I mean, that seems like Yes, so we don't have the 12 any uh, longer, but we do have the 2014. This is mm. uh, the top cuvee called Cuvee Seduction, and that cuvee, uh, I have to confess, that's how the title comes from, the fact that that's how I seduced my wife with a bottle of wine, of champagne. <laughs> um, and um, uh, <laughs> um, I have to say, yes, we do. So this is that, uh, that cuvee that aged about eight uh, years on the yeast uh-huh. and gains a lot of, of those toastiness, doughiness characters. It, it's like a mature uh, champagne, a little bit like a, uh, the Dom Perignon of, of sparkling point, if I can abuse the term. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, I, and then you have some that are... Uh, so some have no... no. Uh, so in, in sparkling wine, in champagne, you all often have a little bit of residual uh, sugar in it. It's because um, those wines, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, the grapes are picked a little early and have quite a bit of acidity. So to balance the acidity, uh, we use a little bit of sugar. You don't really realize that the, the, the sugar is there. It's not very sweet, but it, it helps to, uh, to balance that, that uh, aggressivity of the uh, acidity and also to increase a little bit the volume of the wine when you taste the wine. Um, but what I want to say, we have also a wine, which is called Brut Nature, that has zero sugar added uh, at uh, disgorging. Uh, otherwise, the others have naturally about uh, uh, six grams of sugar, except for the uh, sweeter wine that can be up to uh, 18 grams of uh, wow. sugar. Wow, those are sweet, yeah. That's for the sweet palate. Mm, yeah, uh-huh. and people think champagnes. A lot of people like the sweet champagnes too, so that uh, serves a purpose there quite well. Uh, how your your dry uh, wines, your brut and stuff like that? How dry are they? Uh, you mentioned the sugar levels of the sweet. Are the brut very dry? So the brut is um, six, uh, six grams of residual sugar per liter, which is not very uh, sweet. It's as I said, you barely feel 
the sugar. It's just to balance that acidity. And as I mentioned also, that Brut Nature has no sugar added, so it's zero sugar in it. And that's uh, to balance the natural acidity of the wine. I use what we call reserve wines. Those are wines that are aged uh, either in oak or in stainless steel. And I will, um, by the maturity of the wine, that will naturally uh, balance that uh, acidity uh, in the wine. So you won't even feel that the wines have more acidity, but they are richer into uh, flavors and uh, oak uh, aroma. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense now. It just came came together in my head. Uh, <laughs> uh, Good. Yeah, I you know, I was just uh I was doing it. Oh uh, well what I let me let me get rid of this here real uh Mike, go ahead and talk to him for a second here. I have to give this call. Okay. Uh, he didn't mute his mic. I wasn't sure if he was if he had muted it or not. Um, God, there was. I had a question too right before he he told me to come up here. Um, huh. Let's see. If okay, let me let me just throw this out there real quick. Are you still there? I, I wasn't sure if you're still hanging on or not. Um, you still tuned in? Yes. Yes. Okay, um, so you started real early and and you got into it. Uh, it seems like as a child, if if you could go back to those days and and tell yourself, you know, something else, knowing what you know now, would you do anything different about how you got into this industry? Um, uh, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I never wanted to sit behind a desk. That I felt that uh, being a banker, being a uh, an administrat- administrative wasn't wasn't for me. I, I like to uh, be uh, outdoor. I like to uh, uh, see new things, uh, get out of the box, and and that's why I started to uh, study uh, science and biotechnologies and and chemistry as well as winemaking. So I would say today. If I have to do it again, I certainly would do something similar. Maybe not wine, maybe uh, beer or something else, I don't know. Maybe not necessarily uh, the food industry, but something that will keep me uh, uh, traveling and, um, and, and, and see the world. And, and, and food and, and wine are certainly the two things that helps you to travel and meet people and, and enjoy different culture. and. And and enjoy even uh, your neighbor. It's uh, it's it's a fantastic uh, world uh, to to share. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good good conversation piece as well. So. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you, Mike. I'm I'm back. I have a very good friend of mine uh, who was put in the hospital yesterday and very sick and. Uh, I noticed the phone call was from his wife, and I was a little concerned, and so I wanted to get it and see how he was doing. But uh, he's he's doing better. So oh. thank you for the interruption. I just I was I was concerned, and I didn't want to wait and miss that call. So uh, so I'm back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you mentioned food there. I, I heard you all talk about food. Were you comparing? combinations of champagne with foods 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I was uh, talking about is the fact that uh, uh, being in, in that world of wine, it's 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 the first other uh, uh, topic or, or, or world that we we will uh, connect to is the world of food, and mm-hmm. and course, uh, we have a lot of uh, chef uh, with whom we uh, we share uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, ideas in terms of uh, food pairing with wine, and and uh, I think it makes things very very interesting. Um, we regu- regularly do uh, tasting with uh, uh, those uh, chefs, and uh, just had one actually in Montauk at uh, uh, Gurney's um, a couple of weeks ago. That was uh, very very interesting, and 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 people were very enthusiastic to. Uh, um, actually drink uh, only uh, sparkling with the whole meal and we have so many different type of wine that uh, can uh, complement the uh, the type of food that uh, the chef uh, served uh, makes makes the experience uh, you know uh, uh, fantastic yeah uh, you know that's uh, i'm always mentioning the benefits of having sparkling wine. It's not just something that you should have with a celebration or New Year's or any of that stuff, but it's something that you can enjoy any time with any meal and enjoy it tremendously with different meals. And I'm always bringing up that point, so it's good to hear that uh, you basically agree with me on that. That is something that is uh, it can go I, I think about anything. It's certainly the wine that will bring the fun to the party, um, because somehow the combination of that light alcohol and that effervescent, that CO2, uh, make people happy faster somehow. It does. And um, and it's uh, but but what's more important to talk about is like with uh, the brut nature that I created is now we're talking about wine that have more uh, wine that you're looking for their Venus uh, characteristic or qualities. Um, those are serious wine that have various serious type of aroma that you will discover and enjoy even more with food. Mm, yeah. So it's not only well, that as you mentioned, but also the fact that you appreciate those uh, those wines with pairing it with food. It's, it's, it's very uh, interesting. Well, and you brought up something that was very interesting, and I don't talk about it much. I, I'm aware of it, but I don't. And it's the fact that the aromas from the champagnes can enhance the aromas from the meal, too. I mean, you smell something set on the table in front of you, and you go, oh, that smells good. But then that aroma coming from the champagne when you smell that not just the taste but the aroma can enhance everything also so you know and, and yeah, because they also wine that are a little bit uh, more acidic uh, than regular wines they also will help to cut into the fat and 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 really bring that that uh, uh, world of aromatics into your into your mouth i mean the flavors the uh, aroma mm-hmm. really uh, uh, explodes in, into your your mouth as you are, um, you know, eating and and tasting those those wines. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I want I want to talk about something else here. You, your the vineyard it is uh, sustainably farmed and grown. Are is it just a sustainable? Is it Yes. Organic? Are you looking at doing so, so possibly any- 
DDT is is um, is actually um, uh, done with a local uh, association, which is Long Island uh, uh, Wine Sustainability uh, Certification, and mm -hmm. and pretty much it regulates uh, the um, the the type of uh, spray program that you can use. But it's not only that; it's also everything that has to do with the environment, making sure that. You recycle the proper way, making sure that uh, you're taking care of your environment. You know, as you know, we are sitting on one of the largest uh, aquifer in the uh, U.S., so you don't want to pollute your water. You don't want to uh, arm your uh, your water around you, and uh, that's part of our, our program. So um, it, it is to think of, you know, all the components of farming that are around you, that will preserve your environment and, and make uh, the wine uh, also better for generations to come. And it does, too. So um, the sustainability movement that we're seeing now in wineries throughout the country is just becoming such a large part of the wine industry. Uh, it's really fantastic. And I say across the country, but I'm sure it's around the world, too. We're finding... Yes. Uh, the, the sustainability movement is in all sorts of certifications and yes. uh, different areas. And I think it's because you have that uh, local uh, food movement. People want to eat food that are produced close to them, that they can actually know where it's coming from. It's actually right there. They can see the field. They can appreciate the, the crop that uh, those fields support. And, and at the same time, they want to make sure that uh, people are respecting also uh, the environment as well and, and the way they grow the, uh, the food. And, and, and that's a fantastic thing to think about because that was the way of the past and can be also the way of the future. And, and you're right. It is a fantastic thing to think about and what we can do to continue helping the planet because heaven knows we've destroyed it quite a bit up to this point. So if we can turn it around and start getting it better, then it can only be good for everybody and everything concerned. Um, let's see. Uh, so uh, you guys, this is the same. Oh, recycling. Um, do you recycle everything there or do you, just sort of like play at the game. I mean, and I say that not to be, <laughs> not the uh, facetious. It's just that so many times when you see places that say they're recycling, they will take cardboard boxes and break them down and throw them in the recycle bin. Uh, do you take that further yeah, with what, uh, what everything? We are separating uh, glass, cowboy, and, and the rest of the trash. So basically, uh, the two first ones are recycled and the rest are just regular trash. So they, uh, yeah. So may, you know, our main uh, uh, products are glass and cowboy, and that's that's what's recycled. Yes, I think it's mm -hmm. important to uh, be able to do that. Uh, it's also something that is in demand. The cotton is highly in demand, uh, even on the island, with more and more uh, production uh, done on the island. It, the, the, the cotton is a very fantastic. Uh, uh, material to recycle and and glass as well, not maybe as easy to recycle than than uh, but it is uh, something that needs to be done absolutely. 
Yeah, we uh, in the county that I live in, they quit recycling glass. They said there's just no market for it anymore down here, which really is rather disappointing because so much glass is used. I'm really surprised at how much glass is being used. I think it's it's something maybe that the county should uh, reconsider and then understand that uh, uh, it, it, it's doable, but you have to want to do it. That's that's one of the issues. Yeah, and, uh, and sometimes that can be difficult just in itself, but in the long run, it's going to work out. I want to talk for a few minutes here about Tom and Cynthia. Uh, why did they decide to go sparkling wine uh was it because of you uh, not not really uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> it's just because they always been uh, uh drinking champagne and sparkling wine and and because at their first uh, time they met they they drank champagne and and that's their uh, beverage of uh, choice and that's what they 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 love to to drink and when uh, they decided to um, um, go into that uh, venture of uh, growing grapes and making wine, the first thing that came to their mind was uh, champagne and sparkling wine. And mm. um, that, that was a fantastic idea because uh, when we met toge together, I just told them that you are the people I was waiting for. So <laughs> it, that was my... Uh, uh, my message I was trying to uh, pass to uh, Long Island is that we, we can do that. It's been done. And look at Napa, look at uh, California and other places in the country. They, some of those French houses settled there and they, yeah. they uh, grew well. Up to today, when we see that the uh, wine consumption decreased in the world, the, the, the consumption of sparkling wine and champagne actually grows. So right. um, that was the perfect choice that they made at the time and and we actually beneficiate from that uh, growth of uh, specific wine that are the uh, the sparkling wines so their idea of a winery was to make sparkling wine that Absolutely. was their oh, yeah. well, that seems odd especially especially in New York you don't picture New York as a big hotbed of sparkling wine but i suppose it could be you know are you one of many places in new york that you know of that do sparkling wines or is it just an extra so um, in terms of uh, making as a winery making solely uh, sparkling wine we are the only one on long island and mm -hmm. we might be only two on uh, in new york state Wow. The other one is uh, Constantin Frank with Chateau Frank, but at the same time they have a brand that's called Chateau Frank and that makes only sparkling. But they also have their their regular wine, um, so that maybe makes us the only one actually uh, that only makes um, uh, sparkling wine uh, in New York. And um, I think that uh, drew a lot of people uh, to us because they know that we have the expertise. And we have a lot of different uh, products that will uh, suit uh, different uh, uh, different uh, uh, style of uh, uh, of wine. So we only make sparkling, and we're known for that.
Actually, I was in uh, New Jersey at a conference uh, this week where people actually was very interested by the fact that sparkling wine was still uh, a driving force into um, the, the wine market. So we, um, we are today, Sparkling Point today is known uh, through the East Coast uh, to be one of the leaders of the quality of sparkling wine, but also we won big awards uh, overseas in, in, in London and, and, and also in California as well. Uh, uh, so we we started to be known as uh, a serious uh, sparkling wine place. Oh, you say London, uh, England London, has yes. a really a big sparkling wine industry. Uh-huh. Uh, to win awards there amongst those, that is quite uh, a coup. As is in California, there are some really popular big names in California in sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but, uh, really uh, comfort us into the uh, the fact that Long Island is certainly uh, one of the uh, uh, superb place and terroir on the East Coast to grow grapes and and, and make great wines. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating how Long Island has exploded in wineries and growing grapes and all that over the last uh, twenty twenty five years. It's just uh, amazing. Uh, you mentioned something there which um, made me want to ask. You said different wineries have come to you uh, in New York and around the area asking about sparkling wines. Are you consultants on others for sparkling wine? or We, is- we do help our neighbors in, that are not fortunate to have the uh, requirement equipment to make sparkling wine. We do help them to produce their own sparkling wines as well. Um, okay, very good. They can beneficiate uh, uh, of uh, our facility to to uh, to create uh, some uh, specific wines as well. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's very good. All right. You know, that's one thing I have noticed about wineries. Though wineries are very open and very congenial when it comes to talking about their wines and sharing information. All that. It's not. Oh, this is a secret. I'm not going to tell you about it because it's just basically wine. <laughs> you know, so, well, you know, it's a matter of tweaking it and doing things the proper way that you actually are, are looking exactly. at doing. And nothing yeah. replaces uh, the experience of uh, of an area and the, the experience of the winemaker uh, to manage those difficult years and to make great wines uh, uh, in every vintages. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, and you know, and vintage just makes a big difference. You, do you vintage your wines? I was just I, yes, I don't think, pretty, most yeah. of our wines are vintage. Oh yeah, yeah, um, they are. Aren't they? Okay. Seventy yeah. percent of our wines are vintage. Yes. Yeah, I I see that. I was it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't couple reasons of. for that. First of all, um, uh, in our line of work, sparkling wine, we do have an area where we can ripen our our grapes maybe to a, a fuller maturity than in Champagne, for example, which is in a more northern uh, location. Um, and, and for that reason, we are able to do uh, great uh, sparklings year after year, so we can vintage them year after mm-hmm. year. And some of them are not because uh, by, desire, by desire, because... Not only we're gonna blend different uh, vintage in them, but also different uh, varieties that are maybe not part of 
the traditional uh, method champenoise. Mm, okay. Oh, all right. Very good. Uh, you are in the Long uh, Long Island AVA there. Is, is there a, another smaller AVA that you're in, or is it just Long Island? So, no, on Long Island, we have the choice of Long Island, uh, North Fork, uh, and Hamptons. So we can choose one of the, the three, uh, including New York, of course, and we do use uh, North Fork of Long Island as, as an AVA. You no, know, North Fork, okay. Yeah, I was, that's, yeah. I should have known that. All right, very good. Uh, Mike, is there any other comments or questions you uh, have here for Giles? Not at this time. I think uh, I think I'm good. Just enjoying it. So um, interesting uh, show for sure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, interesting stuff about the what he's done. Uh, at uh, Sparkling Point and all the wines that have came out of there. Um, let's see. Well, before I have you give, you know, the, the final stuff, any other comments or anything that you'd like to uh, make here, Giles? Uh, uh, yes, of course. Um, I want to tell people that um, we open uh, every day uh, of the year except for the major holidays, and uh, they should come and visit us and um, have a, a great time. We have a, a superb uh, team at the tasting room that will welcome, welcome them and, and um, uh, suggest a, a different style of uh, uh, flight uh, of wines to taste. And, and uh, we accommodate that with a little bit of uh, food if they need to, uh, nothing very fancy, just to uh, keep your stomach a little full. Um, as we, you're tasting those wines, and they will enjoy a nice uh, <clears throat> terrace outdoor or indoor. We have a superb uh, fireplace uh, that we run at this time of the year when the weather yeah. is all <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, and, uh... enjoy the, uh, the 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 settings over there. It's, it's it's a beautiful. We have beautiful sunset as well. Uh, at this time of the year, the, the skies are, are beautiful uh, when the sun comes down. The, the, the light is fantastic, uh, I have to say. And it's always a little breezy. It brings you a little, uh, a little sweater at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for us from here in Florida, bring your heavy coats. Before you go, give us... Uh, the website, the Facebook page, uh, contact, your operating hours, your location, uh, phone numbers, anything that if anyone's listening, they want to uh, go and check out the website or visit or anything, they've got all the information. So Sparking Point is located at 39750 County Road 48 in South Hall, New York. Um, and then the website is www.sparkingpoint.com. Um, you also need to go on the website to find all the information, uh, also to come and visit us. All the uh, uh, visits are uh, on a reservation. Very easy site to uh, go to, very informative. You have all the uh, uh, descriptions of the wine, the locations, the people. And also, uh, you can buy online as well. We shipped in quite a bit of uh, state around us, so 
we can uh, you can actually uh, have the wine uh, be shipped to you very easily by uh, the the click of a mouse. Is appointments necessary for uh, tastings? Most of the time, yes, uh, particularly okay. during weekends and particularly during the summer. Uh, during the week, uh, if you call just a little bit ahead, uh, we will let you know if we have space. But uh, uh, it's very possible, except during the vacation time, that uh, the um, uh, the testing room has room to welcome extra people. But I will encourage people always to go on the website. It's very well well made and, and very easy to uh, uh, to visit and to make an appointment in a, in a few clicks. Yeah, I've been looking at the website. It is very well put together. It's easy to follow and easy to navigate. And there are some gorgeous pictures of the winery in the area around there on the website also. So even if people are not uh, looking for anything particular, it's always a pleasure just to look at the different pictures of the winery and the area around there and all that. So... Uh, and you, again, it's sparkling point with a e sparkling point dot com, and take you right there. So, and, and uh, the phone number I didn't give it to you is six three one seven six five zero two zero zero. Okay, and uh, get a hold of them anytime if you're in. How far are you? If someone's up there in New York City, say how far? By car, a couple hours. Oh, really? That far? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from, uh, you know, we if you're coming from the Connecticut, uh, you can take the uh, New London uh, ferry. It will take you to Orion Point, about 20 minutes from the winery. Oh. Uh, so it's, uh, usually it's a, a route that people take when they travel uh, north-south, uh, taking the ferry in New London, and then... Uh, visiting our area, the North Fork, and and then uh, picking up the uh, natural corridor 95 uh, down to uh, after the, the city, south of the city. Uh, oh, okay. Traveling that wow. that a lot of people like that that uh, uh, that stretch of uh, uh, of the island because it's so rural and so beautiful and. Uh, it's quite a, a nice uh, visit. There is some places, by the way, that really looks like uh, in the picture of the Greg Gatsby uh, movie <laughs> when they oh, yeah. <laughs> take their their uh, car and uh, go and drive through Long Island. There is some places, uh, uh, a road called Bergen Road, that you see the same farm with the uh, the trees on each side. It's it's very beautiful. Yeah, I've never been to Long Island. I've been up in that area quite a bit and, and around the area, but I've never made the trip over to Long Island. So uh, Here is the invitation. Um, you have to come now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah, now's a good time of year to go up there, too. You know, so, so mm-hmm. Well, Giles, thank you so very much for taking the time tonight to uh, talk to us and tell us all about Sparkling Point and uh, all that you've done. It's just it's been fascinating. And I'm glad to see that you've wound up in a place that you have grown to love and that you're doing a great job on the champagnes and the sparkling wines there for them. So It was, uh, a, it was a pleasure uh, spending that, this hour with you, and uh, thank you very much for, to have us on your show. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us. We really did appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Okay. Is out.
He's gone. Yeah. Very cool. Um, as, you know, as, you know, he for someone who has had the history he has. I mean, growing up outside the door, outside the gate, if you will, of the Champagne District, and seeing how, and I'm talking Champagne District in France, and right. the different paint houses and different places he's worked to end up and have such a passion for Long Island and Sparkling Point. That just really says a lot for the area and a lot for what that area has to offer. That's uh, uh, really impressive. Yeah. And and to be successful and, um, you know, something, something to look into what's, you know, what's in the soil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really. really. Well, you, you, are good. You, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, and I apologize again. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize again for the phone call. Like I say, I have a very good friend of mine who was put in the hospital yesterday, and I was a little concerned when it was his wife that was calling me and not him. So uh, right. I just wanted to see see what it was all about. But he seems to be doing well, so that's good. Uh, yeah, definitely. So. Um, uh, <clears throat> What else we got? Uh, he, uh, Giles hmm. didn't mention it. He got himself a Master of Onology from the University of Montpelier in France. And he was also, uh, his thesis on the technology of wine ultrafiltration uh, was awarded a first prize by Jacques Chirot. How is it pronounced? C-H-I-R-A-C. He was the former president of France who actually gave him the award. Uh, so uh, he oh. he didn't mention that about himself. And I wanted to throw that out and let people know that he's uh, got himself quite, I mean, I mentioned before the show, and I will say it at the end, he's got quite a, quite a resume uh, in leading up to where he is now at uh, being the head winemaker there at uh, a sparkling point. So uh, yeah. fascinating story. Yeah. So. Yeah. All righty. Um, next week, uh, what does next week is? Um, Who knows? Only in March. Yeah. We, March 7th. March 7th. Wow. Uh, who knows? I we are corresponding with lots of different people right now. I'm going to continue to correspond with some people in, well, actually in uh, Bordeaux, uh, France, and they may be on the show. We may be pre-recording that uh, Sunday morning. Check our website or check our pages yeah. here, and if you want to listen to it live if you can listen to it Sunday morning, but we're yeah. looking at pre-recording it and replaying it on a regular time slot. So uh, mm-hmm. that's coming up. Plus I'm corresponding with a girl, Kim, out of uh, Korea, South Korea, who is uh, interested and willing to come on the show. So we've got to coordinate that. And there's also like Five other emails I am working on different people. So we are looking at a fair amount of guests coming up over the next two or three months here. So stay with us and 
if you know anybody or if you are aware of anyone that's in the wine business or even an author in the wine business. And I need to get our author on, too. Gerald uh, Reynolds was supposed to be on, and I haven't had him on yet either. He had, he had a great book on wine. And so uh, we've you know got some exciting things coming up for All About Wine here on 2024. It's a. It's easy if you're if you're visiting a winery and you know outside of your location or at your location area, uh, you know you just mention to them like, uh, hey, by the way, uh, you know I listened to the number one rated or whatever it is. Throw uh, <laughs> 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 it out there. Yeah, the just say it. Get a lot of radios. <laughs> yeah, the world renowned, world famous uh, wine show with over three hundred and we had three hundred and twenty thousand accumulated. Yet, I think sure. we got more than that now. I, I haven't looked in a while, but yeah. I think we got more than that now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can just mention it to it casually and say, hey, you know, if you have time on Thursdays, they do a show and you could be a guest. And, you know, um, that always helps. And, um, and, and it's yeah, amazing cool. how <laughs> they respond, too, because, you know, I do a, mm-hmm. I, I do a radio show uh, about wine. Would you yeah. like to be on? Oh, that sounds like fun. I mean, that's, you know, just about yeah. Yeah. The response we get from everybody. And yeah. wow. I think that's how uh, how you and I met. Uh, uh, I went to a tasting at your winery, yeah. and I think I just mentioned, you know, I do it a podcast or I did a, you know, whatever it was. A, you you were doing uh, the shuttle takeoffs. Yes, I was doing shuttle takeoffs. I had a little uh, news thing that I did every once in a while. It was, you know, just a thing that I was doing. And, um, went to one of his wine tasting and, and such a great speaker. Um, I mean, just, just fantastic stories and everything. And thought, wow, this sounds interesting. And that's how it started. It was like, yeah. And that was, it. aren't we Can celebrating, I... aren't we celebrating our 25th? No, not 25th, 15th anniversary this year, 2009 to 2024. Yeah. Is it 15? It'll be our 15th wow. this year. Wow. And yeah! It's, wow. It's, yep. It's the first. Uh, I thought it was in March. I gotta. I gotta go back and check and see when our actual anniversary date was. I but, think uh, it was right around yeah. the first of March. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm glad you said yeah. something because I I would have forgotten about it and yeah. I would have said, oh, you yeah. know, we missed our anniversary. Yeah. 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 I don't want to. <laughs> think it's the first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll check on that. I'm we'll not. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I will be emailing uh, you too about Sunday, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get all the people and see if they respond mm-hmm. and, and see yeah. what I can find out, yes. and uh, we'll get something going for this Sunday. More likely, yeah, more than likely Sunday morning. Anybody out there want to listen to it? We'll uh, put it on social media, yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> Facebook and Twitter, and let y'all know in case you want to tune in live um, or. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah, it'll be it'll be rebroadcast oh, yeah. or it will also be rebroadcast as it is every week at noon on <laughs> Flightline Radio. Uh, Mike's yeah. uh, 24/7 streaming show and he's live <laughs> on there from 10 till noon and then he plays all about wine and rebroadcasts of all about wine. So mm-hmm. uh, Flightline Radio. Wow. wow. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Someone got excited. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, I need to turn my headphones down. Um, that just came in. Uh, 
I was expecting it to be a little quiet, but uh, wow. Yeah, maybe, maybe um, he jumped so, too. Back away from the thing for a bit. So yeah, um, you'll hear this show on this coming Saturday, the second uh, of March. So uh, wow, it's already starting tomorrow. March. Yeah. Ooh, we'll close the show. Close the show here. It is. Let me see which monitor I want to see. Uh, three minutes after eight o'clock. The other one is. Yeah. Oh, it's it's not that bad. Two minutes after eight o'clock. We'll talk to y'all uh, probably Sunday. Uh, we can get everything coordinated. It'll be Sunday morning, the March the third, and uh, definitely you'll hear it or us uh, on the seventh. We'll see how it how it works okay. out. But we'll see how it works out. Social media. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening again. And, thank you, Jaws, for taking the time to join us tonight. It was fantastic. Very informative. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right, here we go. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebpr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. And green. There we go.